0: Hello everybody and welcome to the latest edition of the LFC Red Poets Podcast. I'm your host Les Lawson and tonight I'm joined as usual by my two partners in crime, Tommy Keegan and Pete Warburton. And tonight our special guest is Mike Dean from Scar for the Badge, who will be talking about his shop later in the, later in the show. and giving you all the information you need about it. anybody wants some top-notch t-shirts from him. So anyway... We'll start with the, with the breaking news that, that broke around about half an hour ago that Liverpool have agreed to deal with Bayern Munich for €40 million, euros, which I think is around about €34 million quid for Ian Gravenberch. So, Tom, I'll come to you first. I mean, I think earlier in the summer, you were one of the, when we discussed transfers, you were one of the, the sort of people who was very sort of pro as signing him because you you were very excited about him as a player. So, uh, how, how are you feeling once you heard the news?
1: And, uh, it's come very quick. How's that really? At the last few days, Les, as not You know, we we've been spe- speculating about who we were going to get. There's been loads of names bandied about. But I think he fits the bill, doesn't he? he? He's he's Dutch. He's played under Linders. Linders knows his game inside out. He's big. He's strong. He's mobile. He was brilliant at, at, at Ajax. And he's had a little bit of a little bit of a career halt as at, at Bay of Munich. But I never I, I, I don't take much notice of them type of things because you look at players like Henri went to and, and Vieira went to into, into Milan and AC Milan and you know neither set the world on fire there, both struggled. And so I think I think he can fit so I'm not really bothered about about in coming here and doing well for Liverpool. I think he he's very much in the mould of what we look for now. We look for we we'll look for fast, strong legs, which we've been missing for 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 twelve months, haven't we? And I think he'll be an outstanding addition to the squad. I think it's going to be interesting because they're talking about him. You know, similar to the to, to the Jimmy Wijnaldum role, and he's from the same sort of background as Gini. So, you know,
0: I, I'm I'm sure that he'll come in and do a great job for us. You know, Mick, what do you, what do you think? Are you excited about the signing? Where do you see him fitting in? And do you think he will he will add to the squad and give and give that midfield more depth?
2: Yeah, I mean, I've, to be honest, I've not seen a great deal of him. I don't mean, I'm not one of these people who watches foreign footy or, you know, so, obviously I heard about him at Ajax and he was, you know, he got great reviews and that, he's gone to Bayern Munich, it it hasn't gone the way it planned, but, you've just got to, as Tom's just said there, Linders has worked with him, so you've just got to trust that, you know, he can see something with him, and he's the right age, isn't he, you know what I mean, he's, He's delighted to get him at if he can work with him. And, you know, if he's half as good as what Genie was, it's, you know, it's got, it's got to be a decent buy, hasn't it?
0: You, are, are you sort of excited by the signing? And does the fact that he struggled at Bayern sort of worry you a little bit? Or do you think it's just one of those things that sometimes some players fit in at one club and then don't at another? You know, I'll show you that. I'll give you an example. You know, Javier Mascherano went to West Ham and Hayden Mullins was getting in the team ahead of him. Yo, know, Mascherano come to us and, you know, was world-class from, from
3: day one, really. So, what's your thoughts, mate? I think anyone... I think he was at the Ajax Academy, wasn't he? From, like, the age of, I do seven or eight to pick him up dead young. So, if he's come through the Ajax Academy and he's gone through to play for the first team, he's he's going to be a technically a deaf player, isn't he? He's going to be good. Um, like like Mick, I said, I don't really, I don't really watch a lot of the European football. So I mean, I could go on YouTube and pick half a dozen things, and he'd be a well-built, busy, you know. Um, but obviously, I think we've been courting him for a while. haven't we? his name's been being bandied about since, you know, since last season, really. Uh, and with all the goings from midfield, it's only going to strengthen us there. So suddenly from being a bit worried two or three weeks ago um we've got a decent player and i don't know if he plays that number six i think he's I think i've heard him being described as more of a hybrid player you can he, he's not just sort of setting his ways like endo we've brought endo in and he is like a defensive midfielder and like Tom was saying that midfield now so what it was last season we've got some legs in that midfield now with subberly mcallister and this lad as well I know obviously the lads who are already there, you know, the likes of Kersis and, and Elliot. So I think it bodes well. Um, whether, you know, still talking about transfers now that Nat's gone up to Celtic on a half-year loan, whether we're bringing a centre-back in, I don't know. I don't know if, if tomorrow might we, we might see something there. But all, everything I've read about Ryan Gavinbert has been good. You know, I know, like you say, he didn't really... Get much of a chance at Munich for whatever reason, but I don't know. who's keeping him out the team. There's other players there, probably you know more established who kept him out the team. But I think he'll be a good asset for us. I really do. I think my own view is that I think
0: he's a he's a decent signing. Like the rest of you, I you know I'm not an avid watcher of you know the Bundesliga. There's enough football on the telly anyway, you know, to try and to try and watch everything. Um I do know that he was one of the most highly rated players in Liverpool were interested in him, you know, twelve months ago before he went to went to Bayern. And the the fact that he struggled there doesn't really put me off because I, I just think it might give him more of a determination to come to Liverpool and actually prove how good he is. And the fact that you know he's got the likes of Virgil and Cody to help him settle in. Will all be power to his elbow, so to speak. I also think maybe he might be one of those type of players who who actually needs to feel the love of the coach and the love of the manager to feel to so he can bring get, they can get the best out of him and he can produce his best form. So, all in all, you know he's 21. Yeah, I think he's 21. So, for Premier League purposes, he'll be classed as homegrown. Not for not for the Europa League, he'll still be classed as a you know, an homegrown player for that. But all in all, you know for twenty one, and you're getting him for thirty four million. I think it's a, I think it's a real sort of good deal for Liverpool because I think it's also low risk in terms of if it doesn't work out over a couple of years, you will still get a decent fee for him if you if you decide to you know, to try and move him on. But now, all in all, I think that you know it just adds to to our midfield. Tom, just come back to, over to you now. You know, you look at our midfield now, and you know we've got we've lost Tendo, Millie, um, Fab, all alongside the thirty, and then you, you've lost um Nabby and we've replaced them with Sir Bosley. McAllister, Endo, and now Gravenberch. Do you think that? Do you think that's the upgraded, complete now? When you add the likes of Pechetic, um Curtis Jones, Harvey Elliott, and Thiago? do you think that the midfield now is much better equipped to to you know for the challenges ahead as we you know as we start to hit the business part of the season?
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll leave wrote a tweet last night uh, not a tweet, a f- Facebook post last night said exactly that. He said to get to get rid of of Henderson, to the right there, um, Fabinho, um, Millie, right away all and he, he aged them all and to replace them with and he added Curtis Harvey and, and, and went right through the midfield, but with a bit of experience from Endo and, and Thiago, and he said to do, to do that type of upgrade in one season, in 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 the end of a season, is pretty impressive. And I know, I know, and and I am myself I give FST an awful lot of stick for, for for not doing. But I think this, for what they've done, as long as we don't sell Salah in the next couple of days, that's that's as long as we don't sell Salah in the next couple of days, and that. that then, what they've done is pretty impressive because that midfield that you've got there now is ready for the next eight to ten years. You know, mm. like it's it, it's it's even that good, Les, that you'd be looking beyond the Klopp era, wouldn't you? So whoever, if he decides, which I hope he does calls in a day. Whoever takes over is going to take over a really really quality yes. midfield. Young, aggressive, highly talented midfield. You know, like you couldn't have, the job that he's done and the and the job that that, that, that they've allowed him to do is it, it, pretty spectacular, to be honest. And yeah, and you don't hear it from me very often, but you've. I think you'd have to give them a bit of praise there, which I don't say grudgingly, but I I think as I said to you before, I I don't have I'm indifference to the owners, really, particularly. I neither, I neither like them or dislike them. But I think over this, I think I, I'm I'm pretty impressed. Even what you were saying before, even if we don't get a centre-back, Endo plays as a centre-back. So, you know, like, he could drop in to cover if you were really stretched, you know what I mean? So, and he's got plenty of experience of playing there for 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 the, the for, for, for Japan. So you know it's as you say, I think we, we can't complain at all really. I think it's a
0: massive upgrade on what we had in midfield. Yeah. Do you think do you think now the the fans will look on the Endo deal now a little bit more favourably than they were say ten days ago, a couple of weeks ago when he was you know when he was first signed. Where be he, honest, yeah. like
2: everyone I spoke to about him, though, was quite positive about him. He was no, I mean, I've seen a few saying about his age, but you me saying Gary Mack, and, you know, his age and what he's done for a couple of years, if, if you can get the same out of him. I was made up with him, to be honest, because I, I want players who want to play for Pool. And he said straight away, didn't he? it was his dream move to come here and you know that done it for me give him a go you know you can't judge him until he's played what I've yeah. seen him from up to now he looks sad yeah so, so <laughs> then, I,
0: as
1: yeah.
2: Tom said I, you know I, I I'm not a I've criticised the owners for not spending in previous winters. I still think they could spend more <laughs> you know I don't think they've done a great deal Um and I think we could do with a bit of defensive cover. whether it's a bit too late now to get it. But like Tom said, I just hope that, you know, this isn't Salah going next week when there's another week in the Saudi transfer window, isn't it? So from yes. when our I, shuts. You know, I
0: mean, to be honest with you... If yeah. I think if that I,
2: happened, then I think there would be a... I don't
0: a think... A
2: bit of a backlash, then, I think if that happened...
0: Yeah, I, I, to be honest with you, Klopp has come out and said numerous times no. So I think you just have to have to take his word and and sort of, you know. I just think it's the Saudis trying to get publicity and certainly, you know, if they come in with sort of two hundred and fifty million quid, you know, then you know by mid at midday tomorrow, then maybe you have to have a think about it. You know what I mean? But the feeder at the feed that, fee that um. You know, the quoting wouldn't even buy half of him. Never
2: oh, mind all of him. I, I don't think, I, I don't think he wants to go at the moment, either. I think you know he's no. another year or so. I seen an article and it said about the Saudi league. You know, like with the heat there, he was saying it's like walking football. And I don't know anyone in the prime who'd want to go. You know, play walking football
0: because they said that's all you can basically do with the heat. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Pete, looking looking at the midfield and going on to the same theme that I said to Tom, you take Endo and Tiago out of the out of the equation, and I think the oldest midfielder out of the ones the other ones is twenty four, which I think mm. is McAllister, and then if you throw in then the likes of Bobby Clark, who seems to be very highly thought of, you know, in the academy, and then you, you know we've been linked with. With this Andre, haven't we, who, who plays in Brazil, who again is only in his early twenties? You know, you, you've got the majority of your midfield now, haven't you? For the next four or five years, should they all, they all work out? There's going to be enough games for them, you know, to be able to, you know, for nobody to feel as though they're not wanted. They're all going to be part of it. They're all going to get game time. So you, you've got to be pretty content and, and excited by. Five the midfield options that are that are available now that we
3: seem to have got the Grafenberge deal sort of yeah. over the I line. Mean, we were talking all last season, but at the start of the season, never mind the end. Saying, you know, we've got to we've got to get that midfield. We've got to get legs in that midfield. It's too old. It's too slow. Um, you know, and that was with the decline of Fab. I mean he he just nosedived last season, didn't he? Um, and you look at it now, and like you say, Tiago and Endo are the end, of the elder statesmen, really. And although we're in, uh, we're in, the European competition, we didn't want to be in. It is another competition, so I'm sure they'll all get game time there. Um, it, it's like you say, like they're, they're introducing legs into the into the department that needed it most, really. You know, everyone was having to go. Sometimes, you know, the defense, the defense weren't playing up well, but it. We, we were always saying as a team, the three of us, when we used to talk, we'd say, you can't just blame the defence. The midfield have to take some flack as well. And as I say, they, you can't knock them for, for bringing these players in. I think they've made a bit of a rod. I'm, I'm sorry about FSG now. I think that that when they, when they went in for um, Kai Sado, there must have been money there. Otherwise, either that or it was a major bluff to good poker players. I don't know. Um. But I think everyone thinks now, well, if we had 110 million then, why aren't we spending 110 million now? And it's like, you know, giving a kid a tennis ago, the sweet shop or something, and he comes back with everything in the shop. But, you know, Klopp's astute. He's not just going to buy players for the hell of it. Um, and he's obviously looked at Gravenberg and he's probably taking a look at Endo, you know, in the Bundesliga. And, and he wants the sort of players, like Mike said, who want to wear the shirts. I mean, if you believe the rumours, Man U was supposed to be in for Gravenberg and they're in the Champions League, but he'd rather come to us. And they are the type of players you want that will literally sweat blood for you, you know. So as I say, that don't thing, you know, it—it—it it, it, some of the ones that you read on Twitter and the social media, they want, they want you to spend every last penny of that. And it doesn't work out like that all the time, but... Talking about Mo, I think if if it doesn't happen tomorrow, and I, I don't think it will, if it doesn't happen tomorrow, I know the Saudi windows open another week, but I can't see him. I can't see him going unless it's for stupid, stupid money. And you don't want to sort of build your midfield up as you're doing now into a really quick and, and solid unit, if you want, and then let your best player go from the front line. You know, it it just doesn't make sense to me if that was the case. Yeah, Tom, you know,
0: just talking about you know, the way the squad is looking as we talk now, which is around about quarter to eight on the on the Thursday night, there's just over twenty-four hours, I about twenty-seven hours fifteen minutes to go to the to the window shutting. If we weren't to sign another defender, do are you happy with with the options we've got at the back with the say the likes of Stefan Fashetic? And Hendo adding a little bit of further depth to the defence, defensive options available. And you know, with Kwanzaa coming on and doing okay, you know, last week, and hopefully Connor Bradley won't be out for too long with his with his back injury. Are you are you quite happy with that, or do you think that's the that's the one area of the team that that we need say a lot of luck with in terms of? Injuries, you know, to be able to to mount, you know, maybe a title challenge. I I think I think looking at it, if I if I was
1: looking at us as as a as a title challenge, a title challenger at the moment, as I look and I think, I don't think there's anybody anywhere has got a better front forward line than those players that we have available to us. I think the midfield is exceptional now. I think with what you've got, with the choices and the variation, even what we're saying about Thiago, Tiago gives you so much. He's so, he's so skillful and he will get the best out of these young people and these young people will get the best out of Thiago because he is, he is world class, isn't he? He's even as old as he is, he might be a bit slower, and he might be a bit injury pro, but he's total world class. So the midfield is as good as you can get. You couldn't go anywhere to get a better goalkeeper than Alison Becker. And I think the, the back the back line is is good enough, Inju- injuries wise. As long as we don't get a lot of injuries, I think we we could we could manage for the twelve So I don't think it'll be the end of the world if. See, I'd rather, I'd rather not be rushed out and go out and buy like what did the, the name was, you know, the young lad who's injured at the moment. He did, they, they're just saying that he he cloth fancies him, but he's injured. I think it'd be foolish to go out and buy somebody who's injured, even though he's the player that you want. You you might as well wait now and manage what we've got because I think what we've got is with what the players we've got in front of them is strong enough I think and I think we I think we will challenge Les really, whether we get a center off or we don't I think we I think we need a bit of luck with with um, if you can keep Van Dyke fit and if you can keep Canate fit for half a season or just over half a season three quarters of a season then we'll manage with with Matip and with, with Gomez and Kwanzai. I think and then cover him with Endo so I think it, it the key is, is yeah, and the answer to the question is that uh, I'd rather I'd rather them I'd rather them hang on to the money if their money is there to to buy somebody than just buy somebody because we think we're short. You know what I mean? As as Mike and as Peter and yourself as as alluded to before, you you, you look at not just. I always thought that the secret of Liverpool Football Club the Jürgen Klopp was the togetherness of the team. It was a tight unit. They loved each other's company. They played as a unit. They all wanted to be there. And it's a good place to be. And I think now, this young squad that's coming together, you watch Nunes with Diaz, laughing and joking with Thiago, with Trent and everything. There seems a good bond of players, you know, and it's a good group. And I think... I think that's what Klopp thrives on, doesn't he? With that side of things. So I, I really, as, as long as we we, we don't get but you know, like bogged down with loads of injuries at the back, I, I think we'll challenge, I def, definitely think we'll challenge this
0: season. Definitely. For everything. Do you, do you agree with what Tom said there? And do you think that, you know, we have got now, we've got strength, strength and depth both in midfield and up front. I think we've got a very good backup goalkeeper in Kelleher. I think you know. I think we all have to be honest and say, you know, we are concerned about the the lack of quality, you know, possibly covered at the back. Um, but you know, as Tom touched on there, do you think it's better keeping, you know, your powder dry rather than going out and perhaps getting another Cabac or Ben Davis, you know, where, when you've got the options you've got, plus you've got, I say Pashetic and Hendo who can also cover at the back. And do you are you confident like Thomas that we can challenge now the the you know with the midfield and forwards we've got? I'm,
2: I'm always confident I, I, I always say to people, what's the point in saying you, you're not gonna challenge I want to challenge every year, even if I don't think we're good enough. I, I you know he's always and what I like this season is I've seen a video that the club puts up the, you know, the inside training or inside Anfield whatever the f- first day back in training and I said to me mate then I, I don't know whether you've seen it but it's then coming with the haircut and he said it's a new me and it's a new <laughs> step and it, it was like though there's a belief there in them like uh, Tom said you know it's like these are all hungry and I think that's what got. And even bringing players like Endo, you know, he's got that experience, and you know, he's probably never won big trophies in Germany or with. And this could be his chance, you know what I mean? And I think, as Tom said, he got that the bonds there for them. They're all together. They, you know, you have seen. Whenever you ever seen Trent like there at Newcastle, where the corner flag, where he's
0: you know roaring to the crowd. And if he can keep that going, I think that's the after battle, isn't it? You know. Mm, yeah, Pete. Do you do you think as well that the, you know, the win, you know, against Newcastle last Sunday with ten men, you know, feeling as though, you know, you were fighting against the referee as well, you know, with they were they were getting all the, the 60-40 decisions, never mind the the fifty fifty ones, um, the you know the way the the way they turned that round stuck together and got the win. Do you think that could could be the turning point for that group in terms of to give them belief about what they can achieve this season? And now the signing of of Ryan Gravenberch can can give them another lift to think right. We've got we've got another body coming in now to help us, and it will also you know give the midfield you know players uh, another kick to say right. You know if I want to keep my place. You know, I've got to, I've got to pull up trees here. I can't be letting my standards flip. And the, the second part of the question I want to ask you is, do you think that the midfielders that left had all gone a bit stale and it was all getting a bit samey? And, you know, the fact that they've they've sort of freshened it all up. And I go back to something that, that one of the Dortmund executives said, you know, about a year or so after Klopp left, if we had our time again, we would we would change the the players and keep the manager. Mm-hmm. So do you think do you think it could have gone a bit a bit stale with that sort of group? And now does the younger, more enthusiastic players there? You know, players like Hendo, who never ever thought that they would get the chance to play at a club like Liverpool. You know, are bringing this new sort of enthusiasm and freshness. You know, to the to the team and the squad.
3: I think, I think you always need to freshen the squad up. I mean, you go back to when we were kids and we used to win, whether every year we'd win a cup or a league and we were always freshening the squad up. And But it, it it took a major overhaul this summer because of the people that left. But you look at the ones who did go in midfield and I'm not dissing them ability-wise, but I mean, Kater was never fist. I felt sorry for Oxlade-Chamberlain because he was never the same after that injury he got. And as I say, Fab just seemed to those dive last season. Endo, um, as in Henderson, not Endo now. Endo, um, you know, wasn't the player. You know, everyone gets old and you can't run forever. And it didn't need freshening up. But I think that game at Newcastle, I mean, I was even saying to me lad on, you know, 60, 65 minutes, if we can just get away here, losing 1-0, at least we'll take something out of this game because... You know we had the world against us that game, didn't we? You know nothing. We, nothing we did went right, and as much as you know, you don't want to lose. I thought if we can only, you know, we only lose one nil to this team that have literally got the referee on the side as well. Um, it'll be a bad result, but it won't be bad for the the players because they fought hard. And then when we got the when we got the equaliser, I was made up. I thought so. i come away with the point after all that's gone against us today. And then bugger me. Soft lad goes and scores another one, I call him all sorts, you know, because uh, he comes on and creates havoc everywhere, but I love him. like, And he goes and gets the winner, and you think from adversity, you've just got to win out of nothing. And these these newer lads in the squad must look at that and think, God, the belief that these lads have got the togetherness, they've got, you know what I mean? And they all want to be a part of it. As I say, I mentioned before, Gravenberg could have taken an easy option and gone to a Champions League team, maybe but you can tell he wants to play on the clock and he wants to play. I don't like I don't like the terminology some players use when they say, I like the project. I don't like that. You know, as if like it's a two, three-year plan or something. But you can tell he wants to be part of it. like, And, it, you know, with with the likes of the Canarsies and, and, and the young lads in the midfield and, and the front line that we've got, I can only... I, I agree with the lads. We are going to challenge. I'm certain we're going to challenge. It worries me a bit at the back, even for the Villa game, because obviously I think Virgil's out for that one, isn't he? Yeah, and and I think they staying saying nurse and Canarsie through with this muscle strain, so Joe Gomez will get a start, and I presume Joel Joel Matip if he's fit will play. So, you know, there's worries there. You don't want to get back to that scenario, th- you know, two or three years ago where we were having midfielders playing as centre back because we just didn't have the personnel. So. I would like to see another another defender come in, but I, I don't think it may happen in this window, to be honest. Pete, so did you agree though with what with maybe the point I made before and what Tom sort of <laughs>
0: said, is that would you prefer them to go out and sign a defender, even if it was like a cab back, stroke of Ben Davis, no, no. or no, it has, would it has, just it, has to,
3: right, it has to be the right it has the right fix yeah. if, you, if you know what I mean. Like you said, we you know we had Quebec coming and we had that lad Davis who had don't even kicked the ball for us, and it's pointless just doing it in numbers. Like you say, we've got you know Kwanzaa who came in and he played well at Newcastle under pressure, so we've got other options within our club. But what I'm saying is, if there was someone out there who improved the defensive unit, yeah, by all means, you know if it's not going to be mega bucks, you know there might be someone out there. But no, I don't, you don't want anyone who's just there to make the numbers up. As I say, I think we're, I think we're quite well stocked. You know, with some of the younger lads and and that concert that came on didn't put a foot wrong other day, did he? No, he didn't. So Tom, just just going on from that, you
0: you know you you look at you look at that game against Newcastle on Sunday, and you think you've seen the reaction from... The subs who didn't come on and the players who've been substituted when we, we actually scored the winning goal and then the final whistle went now they they sort of went on to celebrate with with the players you think that do you think that game has sort of more than ever told them right this is what Liverpool football club is all about you know Liverpool football club in adversity can come through and can do the unexpected and can take them on and, and galvanize them and think right you know anything is possible just for example you know when anybody talks about you know the season we won the title you know for the for the first time in in however how many years that you know when we when we won at Aston Villa 2-1 that was the game when everybody looks back and thinks that was the one where where it, it sort of went in our favour, if you see what we scored two in the last five minutes, so do you think that's that sort of give them that extra bit of a a boost to be able to 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 make a title challenge? say, for example, it must do, wasn't it, must be, Les? You know, like you you
1: you you one nil down, you, you're a man off after after twenty twenty four minutes at Newcastle. You, you wanted to, supposed to be... Favorite teams to be challenging for everything, you know, and so to come back from that and say, you know, at the end, uh, we as we were saying the other day, we we should have had a third as well because Jota should should have laid Nunes in while he, he was he was clean through waiting for the pass, you know, like we then we could have beat them comfortably out out of sight. But that what that what I do I agree a hundred percent with you is that it'll it'll make people think God this this forward line these are gonna hurt you so you know like you're not gonna go into a game against Liverpool and think you know we're gonna bomb forward here we're gonna really go at them in leave spaces and I think I I think that win will probably do more for our team's play against Liverpool. I think it'll, uh, where you say about galvanizing, because they are so dangerous. We've got so many varieties of attackers who do so many difficult things. you got like Nunes, who, who, who's just, you who can just do anything. You know, like if, if you give him the ball I and mean, he, he can do, he can literally do anything. Diaz, as we were saying, stretches you wide, pulls you all over the place. Salah is a handful and he's added, he's added vision to his game, hasn't he, where he's passing them some of the passes that he lays on for the forward players. Giotta in that in that position is, is is incredible finisher. So I, I think that will make the team, teams think about, you know, about how dangerous Liverpool are. I think, you know, I, I think if... Do you know what I really do believe, Les? I, I think if we go on Saturday against Aston Villa and do Aston Villa at Anfield... On Sunday? They're, they're Sunday, sorry. On Sunday, if we go to Aston, we we, we get Aston Villa at field and do them properly. After the way they played against us last season, I think I think that will probably be. And all of a sudden, you look at them six games where everyone was going, oh my god! them first six games you've got, you know, like you've got um, you've got to go away to Chelsea, you've got to go away to away uh, to Wolves, you've got to go away to you know like to um. Newcastle, you've got, you, you've you got Aston Villa at home. All of a sudden, if you've got 10 points out of 12 and you're thinking, well, we've done this with, with, a, with a brand new team, which is only going to get better, which is only going to get stronger. And I think it's a momentum, isn't it, that drives you forward. And as you said, the mentality that they, they're never beaten, you know. Yeah. So um, I, th- I think, yeah, to, to answer your question, I think, yeah, it will drive and galvanise
0: us for the season. Just one thing before we move on and talk to Mick about his shot, and I'll go to Mick on this one really. And you know, when we did the the aftermath show, the late flag on on Sunday, I don't think any of us mentioned the tremendous save by Allison in the in the first half. That, you know, we were all so so sort of euphoric about the about the two goals and you know and and sort of in a in an arc with the referee. So what did you make? How good was that save, Mick, by, by Alisson on, on Sunday? Uh, and do you think, you know, that he's the best, not only in the Premier League, but also in world football?
2: Yeah, well, when he hit it, I thought, it, you know, he caught it as sweet as you could. I thought it's in. And then how he kept it out, I don't know. I it's one of the best saves I've ever seen. I thought it was unbelievable. And yeah, regards the best in the Premiership. I think he's getting, you know, he's he's right up there. I don't think. Still, I was talking to someone the other day, and he's a bit of an argument whether Clements, you know, I like Clements. I thought Clements was one of the best, um, but this fella, Allison, you know, he's, he's right up there. And he scores headers as well,
0: doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah. so uh, what did you make of that save? Because Gary Neville didn't seem to, to, to sort of recognise that it was a good save. Did he sort of brush yeah. it
3: back? When, when, we, when we, had our, our fifty best players, we have to choose three goalies. The first one down for me was Clem. I've, I've just he, he has been the best but this lad Allison is getting closer and closer and closer to him yeah. and I, I remember mentioning in that 50 best that a save that Clemens made against Dipswich in the cop end and everyone was just amazed how he got to it and the one on Sunday I mean you get more slow motion replays and stuff like that than you ever did uh, but that one on Sunday and it was it was almost like a double save because the ball got the spun back as well and he was a he was agile enough to get up on his horns and swatted away for a corner. So I do think, I do think he's going to use uh, Clem. I think he will become our, our best ever goalkeeper. To be honest, Tom, I know, I know you'd agree with that. Um,
0: yes. you, you did. You when we did our fifty, you did sort of say that in your opinion, Ali had sort of edged out Clem. And to be fair, yo, know, that that that's a very sort of considered opinion because you'd seen. Both of them play for Liverpool, you know, numerous numerous times. So, so yeah, that's it, it's an opinion that the people have to listen to, and and get you know take it seriously. But it was an unbelievable save, wasn't it, Tom? <laughs> unbelievable, Les. But you know what? It it's what Peter
1: says. You know, like you, you think about saves mm. that he's done. say, what about the one against Bailey, Les, last you know a couple of seasons ago? Which was going in the top corner, you know, which would have made it two all, and he and he comes from literally nowhere, takes it over the bar. Remember last season the shots where he looked up for all, and he palmed it onto the bar. to save in the Champions League against Milk, you don't like to talk us through, you know, for to to, to win the Champions League. Do you know, there's, there's no end of it. He's he he, he is. He's absolutely I know he makes mistakes and I know the I know the who sits behind me, Dave, moans at him for, for playing with his feet and like and you know like but I'll take all of that and I'll take some of the mistakes that he made and, and I'll live with that. But that was that was the difference, wasn't it? You go the two goals down after 29 minutes and you're finished. There's there's no way back and you're on for you're on for a hiding. And like, it wasn't just to save, was it? It was, not only did he save it, he, he got himself off the floor and palmed it away from danger. Yeah. So I think, but I, I love him. I just think, yeah. I think we've been blessed because I love Clemens. I love Clem. I, he, just, he was my hero as, as a goalkeeper. I loved him to bits. But this fella, this fella's unreal. It's, he's yeah. just,
0: he's Absolutely. just... I do agree, Tom, that he is unreal. But Clemens was just a little bit more unreal in my opinion. And like you, you know, I I I mean, I started watching Clem when he played for Liverpool Reserves. Um mm. well before he got into the into the first team. So really, my I only seen Tommy Lawrence play, you know, a few games for Liverpool first team. You know, actually live and go into the game at Anfield. So I was brought up on Clem playing for the reserves. And he was always a hero for, my, for me. And I still can't get past the fact that, you know, in a whole season, a 42-game season, he we, we only conceded 16 goals and only four at home. And, you know, Ali Ali is an absolutely brilliant keeper. And I never thought that I'd ever see a, a goalkeeper play for Liverpool that would get as close to Clem as he has and there is a possibility that over the next few years, you know, I might be on one of these pods and say, you know, Tom, I'm now in your camp. But at, at the minute, it still has to be claimed to me. But that, that save on, on Sunday was unbelievable. And his reaction as well to put the ball, you know, round the post. And, you know, how safe his handling was as well for him. You know, from other shots, he was just taking them, taking them in, not parrying anything out in front of him. I do. I just think he's he, he's he's by far the best goalkeeper in the Premier League and in world football for me. Um, but he's still not as good, quite as good as Clem yet. So <laughs> I'll, I'll, always be, I'll always be, I'll always be a massive fan of Clem. You know, I, I have a say with Clem, about Clem. The best of the best that is, the best that was, and the best yeah. that ever will be. Do you know, um, he was
1: a lovely fellow as well as was he to be yeah, faced. You know, what I mean? was, you know yeah. like
0: apart from everything
1: else, he, you know, like for, if you if it, if it was on a likability, if it was on a like, I love Alison. I think Allison's a very likable man and a very humble man, very similar to Clem. And I think, I think if Clem was alive today, he'd be he'd be he'd be so proud of what we've got in our goal. You know, like and like but I, I I do I think it subjective football, isn't it, at the end of the day, you know, like and I think it's we look at things. I, some people say to me, well, you know, my 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 grout with, with Allison is like um we he, he never won the trophies that Clem won or what's it called. But then I, I look at it I look at it the other way. I I look at this Liverpool side and say that this is the best Liverpool that side that we've broken up was the best Liverpool side I've ever seen in my life. You'll never see a side as good as that again unless Klopp reloads it too and makes this side better. It, we we were absolutely spoiled. The the travesty for me, the travesty for me is that Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool Football Club, and even to a certain extent FSG, I've been I, I, I've I've had. It's history stolen away from them by by sports washing at Manchester City, which people which people like sort of rinse around and, and and sort of just you know dance around and say, well you know it's you spend what you know like it's the, it's the genius of, of Guardiola. They they cheated, they robbed us of of winning the title two or three times, which which to me would. And probably robbed us of, of doing, you know, like the, the 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 treble and probably the quadruple.
0: Yeah, but, the hundred and fifteen is you've got a point there, Tom. Um, yeah. Yeah, but but as I say, Mick, there's a there's an idea for the t shirt for you. Yeah. Safe with Clement Clement on. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So well, we, so, on. On so tell us when did the when did you sort uh of, where did you get the idea from of of first of all, designing your t shirts, and when did your shop first open? Um, it's going back a while now, as it? it was 2009 was when
2: we first started. Um, we think the shop was late on in 2009. We started off online, and then the shop followed a couple of months later. Um, got the idea for them. Literally, I was went into the club shop one day and was looking for something. I think we we had a final or we had a a big game, and it wasn't really much of a choice of what I would wear myself. Went over to the H T C shop, what used to be opposite the cop. Was talking to Jerry, and Jerry used to do a couple of t shirts in there that other lad used to sell ones for eighties casuals. Transalpino I used to have a couple of T-shirts, and they were more sort of what well, you know I would wear. But they only tended to do them for like bigger games. And I thought, why isn't he something for every week, not not just for finals or or cup runs or so? Say we I had an engineering company and I had the, the premises there. So I thought to change the downstairs into the little shop and give it a go. I'd done a few T-shirts to start off with and a few of my mates, they liked them and started wearing them and they were getting asked where, where they got them from. And it's just grew. Um, you know, it's just gone from there, it's gone from strength to strength. People seem to like the designs. I mean, I don't really like, you know, I don't want to to sound big-headed, though, but people do seem to, you know, like the designs. And um, We've had a lot of ex-players, managers, um, boxers in the city, um, musicians. We've, We've had a lot of people, like, wearing the stuff, and it's just, you know, as I say, it's gone from strength to strength. From i mean
3: I
1: we like, all... I've,
3: got, go I've got a few of your teas and that and um like some of them the, the one of the one that goes down really good is the pink floyd one because i get hippies coming up to me liking it and I get <laughs> little yeah. coming up to me liking it yeah so, you know like I, I if we go away on holiday i'm always wearing a, a t-shirt like that now get a few comments where'd you get your shirt mates and it. To, you know, as say, if, you know, if you go again, walk down towards the Cabbage Hall, and you'll see a shop there. And but where, where, where do you do you come up with the designs, or is it Michelle, yeah. or you know, is it yourself, like? It's myself. Yeah, come up with the designs. Um,
2: as I say, I I can get them so far. I'm not a graphic designer, or I'm not. As I say, I was an engineer, so I can get them so far. And then I have uh, my lads who. Works at the company Prince last He's a graphic designer, so I send him a sketch over. He'll fire something back to me. Sometimes it's not in what I want in my head, and then I'll fire it back to him. And so he'll tidy up the you know the design and get it the way I want it. And um, it's the likes of the Pink Floyd ones. That obviously Pink Floyd massive following in Liverpool. When I was younger in, in school, Pink Floyd was always one of the groups, you know, Pink Floyd, Genesis and uh, stuff like that. So I just tried to tie something in, combining the two. And yeah. uh, that's probably But what you said there about people saying, "Where's yeah, the amount of people who come in the shop and say to us that, you know, them comments all, If They're like a talking point, you know. Sometimes I try and make them, like the Pink Floyd one, you wouldn't know it was probably a Lydpulcey shirt, unless, oh. you know, you were right up to someone on the... On the but you can go for a pint in it and people wouldn't get onto to the fact that it's a, a football shirt, unless you know, you know, and then you get that and you little know, nod. Do uh, yeah, you, you know
1: what Lidp- my favourite one was, my? You know, like, those were the days, my friend, I'm like, and it's, I've just... After all these years, it's gone, it went, you know, like... Yeah. And I loved that because, it, you know what I, what I loved it about it the most? Because it was so reminiscent of what we did. Yeah. That was us. That yeah. was us as kids, yeah. you know, like coming from Speak from the 500, walking up and yeah. the year apprenticeship was we served at nine and ten years of age with a group of us going into there. And that's what it was. And you know what? The amounts of people that sort of seen that T-shirt, loved that T-shirt, you know, it's it, that was me that was my all time favorite, that's because of a sentimental
0: thing, but yeah. I mean, as, as you know, you just being asked
2: to do that one again because,
0: yeah, brilliant. I mean, you're gonna it, do it
1: again, mate.
2: Yeah, yeah, we are, as I say, because that now that must be 10 years ago we've done that. I so, know, yeah, as you've just said, it's probably a bit worn and you know. so... A fell come in the shop the last game, and he asked us. We've still yeah. got, we have got a couple. We've done a rerun about three years ago. Got a couple yeah. of big sizes left in it, but um, we are going to. That's going to be one of the ones we're doing again in the in the near future. I hope so.
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> as you say, I, I'm born and bred in Anfield so I've always been lit around yeah. by the ground, and we were always up there as kids. And, you know that's what you used to do, as you say, yeah. that so that's one of the reasons I've done that one. Um, it, it's just little things you see at the mat. I mean, it's getting less and less now because you don't hear the shouts you used to hear, and a little you know, it's it's sort of got a bit more reserved now at the match, hasn't it? You don't hear so the yeah. You yeah. Used to <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's getting a bit harder to uh, come up with ideas. I will
0: tell you <laughs> no, but, what, you, take, you, do you what remember you remember not, the guy not. with the um, he used to go round the front with selling the sweets, and he was yes, chucking yes. the cherries up in the into the into the cup. So, you know, he had this yeah. tray, <laughs> and everybody used to get the stuff. did That the he would come down to him. How much is a mass bar, lad 10p, and the 10p had come down. He'd look in the coffin, he'd throw the mask bar back up, and the fella didn't get
3: his mask bar. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, sorry, Pete. What were you going to say? Sorry, mate. I was going to say, Mike was saying then about like the, the chants and the the shouts. I said, You're not going to do it, T-shirt yet. Then, with we don't carry hammers and anything like that on them,
2: put <laughs> <laughs> the this one <laughs> on, which, which has got the urchins banner on <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So
3: yeah, I, I, have got, got that one uh, yeah. and it's like double. It, it's like a double meaning, really. But you know, the unity is strength. Yeah, you know, T-shirts like that, because it's obviously, you know, everyone knows my politics anyway. Sort of thing. But it's got the big liver bear, and I've got like I started going. Oh, to we've Liverpool. lost
1: him.
3: Oh, he's gone. I started, have... It keeps yeah, going to Liverpool. Yeah. I, I, served saved me apprenticeship in the road end. And it wasn't when it was a bit hairy. It was just that my mum would let me go on the cough because it was too shocky, you know. Yeah. So I've actually got one of mixed t- my T-shirts. And it, it's I've, I've had it about 10 years now. And I won't get rid of it. I'll have to renew it. But it's got the road end on with the liver bed. And it's a it's a belt and T-shirts. Yeah. And I, I always, at Christmas and birthdays, I end up getting my lad T-shirts from there. And he gets stuff for me at Christmas and birthdays. And I've got a load of T-shirts now. Just a case of which one do you wear on match day you spoke the choice, to be honest, you know? Yeah. As I say, I like the um
0: I like the quirky ones, you know, like there was one that that, that came out, I think, a few months ago, the one with like all the old the old season ticket covers on. You know what I mean? And there was a few yeah. there was a few stickers on from your know, and and things like that. But but they are I like the ones that as well that have the subtle meanings on. Like you sort of said before about the you know the the Pink Floyd one. Yeah. Which um, you know, which a lot of people you just wear that and a lot of people don't understand what it what it signifies, if you like. But us match going rents. They I also love the one he did a good few years ago with Jeremy Corbyn on. You know, that's a particular a particular mm-hmm. favourite of mine as well, because you know, that's that's my type of politics as well. Um, but yeah, it's a, you know, it's a fantastic shop. So anybody who's going to the match, or you know, is looking for to get some top quality T-shirts, go and visit Mick's shop. As Pete said, just walk down towards the cabbage Hall, and It's on the, it's on the left-hand side as you walk past the, the garage. And also go on his website, which you can find it off at Scarf or a badge. So. As I say, we seem to have lost Mick. He seems to have lost his, his internet connection. So he's just left now with the thievers. Hopefully he might come back within the next five or ten minutes or so before we finish. But we'll we'll move on. And if Mick comes back, we'll ask him to to just have a final word about his shot. But we'll move on to the, the Aston Villa game at the weekend. And, you know, I think it'll be a tough game, Tom.
1: Oh, he came and he, he, he's a good manager, Unai Emery, isn't he? He's, a, he's, a, he's an intelligent manager, you know, and he seems to set his, his stall out. And I think he, they were young. Do you know what I think what he done to so us last season, Les? He ripped us to pieces, didn't he, with pace? And I think it, made, it highlighted the fact of how, how desperate we were in midfield because the legs had gone. I think Louise, um, Douglas Louise... And the other fella, you know, Jacob Ramsey, absolutely ra- ran us ragged. And I don't think—I think this time around, I think they, I, I don't think they'll be given the space to do that to us in the, in the next game. So I'm expecting Liverpool to go out and be really strong, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I, I think I think yeah, they 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 sort of in the early part of the game, I think they they took us a bit by surprise with the way they played. Uh, but you have to remember. I think last season there was a bit of emotion tied to that game, with it being Bobby's last game of the, you know, for the club. So it was like a little bit of a testimonial, last game of the season. You know, we basically lost our chance of, you know, getting into the Champions League as such. It was out of our hands. So I think it had a, had a bit of a strange feeling. I think after last week, you know, everybody were going to the game. You're know, in a much happier frame of mind, and especially with the you know, with the new sign and likely to be completed tomorrow. So, yeah, Pete, what's your
3: what's your view on the on the game against against Villa? Yeah, I think it'll be a tough one as well. I mean, I watched them first game of the season up at Newcastle, and they shipped five goals, and I thought, God, you know, it's not like not like an Emery team to uh, to ship five goals, and I think uh, you know a couple of them they were. Probably unlucky to be honest, but since then they've. I mean, I know they they put four past Everton, um, which to be honest, you know, it's Everton's sort of thing, bottom of the league. But I think I think they play good football. They, they play with a bit of a high line, um. Now whether they're going to adopt that policy at Liverpool, where they where they have the defenders high, because that will be playing into the hands of the likes of of Nunes, I think Nunes should get a start. He deserves a start after after what he did just at Newcastle. I'd like to see him start. But if you've got Salah, Nunes and Diaz, your front three, and they play a high line, it's going to be an entertaining game. I am a little bit sort of not worried so much, but you have you have to be a little bit careful of them on the break because they do break very well. Um but like Tom was saying with the midfield that we've got now whoever the three are going to be and the legs we've got in the midfield, it's, you shouldn't have the space they had last season at our place. Um, but I agree with you that last game of the season, it was a bit like after the Lord's May Show. We couldn't, we couldn't really qualify far in a miracle. And as I say, it was more of a, you know, a good bye to Bobby, really that day. And um, you know, they they came out and really give us a good game. But I expect a good game against Villa. There's normally goals in it, and they're normally entertaining games. I just hope you don't do what you did. Um, I think it was the year before last, where they were it could have even been last year, where they were time wasting from the first whistle. And I know their goalkeeper. I think he eventually got booked on after 18 minutes, which is pointless anyway. So I just hope they don't adopt that attitude and make it a good game of football. To be honest, and I can see it being very entertaining. Yeah, I think it will
0: be it will be a, a difficult game. I, don't, I think it's one we we can win. You know what I mean? I think that the confidence of the team is up. I think it will be interesting to see what Villa's confidence is like, you know, going to another top club after they, after they got hammered by by Newcastle. Um, but it's it's up to Liverpool to, you know, to stamp their authority on the game, get control of the game, and when we create the chances, you know, put the put the ball in the back of the net and put them on the back foot, rather than us have to do what we did last year, and chase the game. And you talk about. You talk about that game last year, and the referee in that that game last year was John Brooks, the guy the guy who refereed the game on Sunday, who didn't think Cody getting a boot in his ribs from from Tyrone Mings was worthy of a, of a of a red card. Yeah, you know some of the things he he was giving on 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 Sunday at Newcastle were absolutely bizarre. And he was a referee that was totally out of his depth. On Sunday, we've got we've got Hooper, who was the referee that that was was suspended or dropped for a game, whichever way you wanna call it, after not giving the penalty at Old Safford. So, you know, I don't know, I don't know what frame of mind he's gonna be in. So I just hope we get the, you know, a, a, a fair deal. You know what, Les?
1: I hope, I hope that we. Do you know what'd be lovely to come on the podcast, man, for the from the late show, the late, the last flag, the late flag on 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 Sunday night, and then not talk about a referee for the mm-hmm. first time. I would love to just come on and just chat about the football, and just talk about the game, talk about the tactics, talk about everything that went on in the game. Rather than you have to mention the referee because it's becoming it's becoming draining, isn't it? It's like every game is the same, and with uh, you can't even just say it's us. Although we've we've I think we've suffered a lot this season, to be fair. But it's not just us. It's it, it's literally every team has got a grouse, and you, you, surely the surely they can't be that inept, you know, like. You, whether I don't know whether he's tried to change so many rules or so, so many laws and they're trying new things out and they're trying to be tough, you know, like to stamp out, you know, like managers are being aggressive. But they've, you know, they, they've got to remember that football is, enter, is entertainment, you know, like nobody wants to go there and watch the referee. Well, we, we, we want to go and watch a good game of football, a fair game of football, played fairly for both sides, and and, and just talk about the match, you know. And I'm, I, I really future, do, you know? I really do hope that we come on on Sunday and we say we we, we we can say that Hooper had a decent game and like you know like, and I'm I'm not averse to I will say when a referee play does well, you know, is it. It's, I'm not like they, that I just have a go at them all the time but I just think I'd love to us to talk about just the game because I think the game
0: desir- we we deserve it after the last few decisions we've had Pete mm-hmm. you know Virgil getting you charged by the FA for his you know, for his sort of reaction after being sent off I just think it's all bizarre because I mean I I have a surely if the referees want respect, they've got to earn the respect and not force the respect. And oh. I think what they're trying to do at the minute is by saying, right, if you say a word out of line that you're going to get a yellow card, I think that's trying to force the respect, and I think that's the wrong way to go about it. If they perform on the field and they perform in VAR, as they should do, then surely the respect would just follow, and you wouldn't see the incidents that you're seeing. And if you, if you feel as though, I mean, you know, you've been wronged, because I think Virgil actually thought that he got the ball, you know, when he, you know, when, when he when the incident happened. So he's actually feeling wronged, and and so that's why he said that the the, the decision was a an effing joke.
3: So mm-hmm. so yes. Yeah, so what did so, you? What you make it that charge, piece. I think it, I think it was an effing joke, to be honest. Because, like like we said on the lay flag after the game, the tools are there with VAR, and that yeah, you just get the impression. And after what Mike Dean said as well, you just get the impression that they, they don't want to intervene because they don't want the mates to to look like they've made a mistake. Everyone makes mistakes in every every walk of life, you know. everyone does things they don't do it on purpose, and as I said, I've said before, they've got a difficult job, referees, because they've got to make a split decision, a split second decision on whether it's a foul or whether it's handball or whatever you know, whatever it may be. And VAR should have backed them up really on the Trent first of all, and on, on the Trent booking, and and to book somebody for a bit of petulance, which you could probably aim at a Trent that he threw the ball away from where he. Where the free kick or the sorry the throwing should have been taken, but to book someone after four minutes for that, it's just absolutely ridiculous. And as I say, we've got the tools there, and we keep talking about VAR. It's there, and I'm an advocate. I I think VAR can work in the right circumstances. It's the people who are running it who are just spineless at times. You know what I mean? And yeah. like like Tom just said, then let's come out of the game on Sunday. And let's talk about the game and not talk about the officials who once again messed up a good game of football, you know.
0: Yeah, Mick, we're just talking about the you know the the charge of Virgil um after the, the incident on Sunday. I mean, I thought I don't know what your view is on this, it'll be interesting to find out. But when when VAR was brought in, I actually thought he was brought in to ensure that the correct decision was made. So is that decision correct? Yes or no? Right. I didn't think it was brought in to to make the referees and protect the referees' egos on the field because it has to be this clear and obvious error before they change anything, even if it's the wrong decision. It wasn't clear and obvious, so you just go with what you you see. So, as I say, I don't know what your view is, Mick, um well as you as you say Leslie thought it
2: was to improve it and it's just making it worse, isn't it? Because I mean I I didn't think that was a foul. I thought Virgil put his leg through his legs, won the ball. And he's ran into his leg. But well, getting that way now. I think they're killing it the way you can't tackle, you can't, you know. It's just it's it's killing it for me. It's not the same. But as you say, if if VAR use it for its advantage, if, if the decision's wrong, correct it there and then, you know. It's no good saying, like McAllister the week before, we lost the player for half an hour, we wouldn't have won that game. And then they say, Oh, it was a mistake, he shouldn't have went off. You'd be fuming, wouldn't you? But maybe using it. It's creating the rod for their own back, isn't it, instead of using it to to
0: benefit the game rather than hinder it. Yeah. So so anyway, just before we finish, I'll come to you to finish off and finish off talking about your shop in a minute, Myth. But we'll just go through and go with our predictions yes. for the game at the at the weekend. So so Pete, I'll open with you this time. What's your what's
3: your score prediction for Sunday? I think it would be a tight game. I think they're a good side. Villa, but I'm going for a 2-1 Liverpool win. Tom? 3-1 Les.
1: Miff, fancy Liverpool? Yeah, fancy Liverpool to win 3-1. Game,
2: 3-1. That's what I think. 3-1. 3-1 or 3-0. Yeah, I'm going for,
0: I'm going for 2-1 Liverpool. I'm going with Pete again on this week. Now, just before we finish, Miff, Mick has now put 10 pence back in his meter so he's back with us again now. 50 50 pence
2: now
0: (laughs) there's not 10. He said he'd sort of sold in his shop, he'd be able to put 50p in the meter, to tell you. So anyway Mick, just give (laughs) uh, an idea of of where you can get get in touch with if you want to order t-shirts online or tell them exactly where your shop is and have you got any any sort of new lines that are coming out over the next sort of few weeks or months? Well, we've just done we've just done now. Uh, what we're trying to do
2: because when we started, one of the one of the things we didn't want was like mass produced where you see everyone with the t-shirt. So what we always tend to do is run a t-shirt for so many weeks and then put another design or like. One of our most popular is the favourite bit of kit with the kits on, the washing line. We've done a few different versions. The very first one i done was a bit of self-indulgence. It was my first kit, an attachy kit um, from 1978, 79, I think it was. And um, a white crown paint kit, which was one of my favourite away kits. That, that was went on really well. Now, we've done... An FA Cup version of that. We've done the Treble Winners version, with all different kits on it. So you know, it's the same sort of design, but it, we try and change the, you know, the idea of it. So as I say, you're not seeing hundreds of people with that particular T-shirt, but we just come up with an idea to do a Legends range. So the first one we done was Ray Kennedy, and we put them on the website for a week you can't get them in the shop. They're just going to be online only and they'll be print to order. So if we only get 20 orders for that T-shirt, you'll be one of the only ones with 20 T-shirts. You know, that'll be like a limited edition. So as I say, we started with Drake, Kennedy. Next month is going to be Graham Sooners. We've got the likes of Alan Hanson, um obviously Kenny. Ray Clements will probably be on there. It's the likes of players you wouldn't get on a T-shirt nowadays. You know, it, it's, so we're going to do one a month for the next 12 months, see how it goes. Um, the best place online, if, if you just put Hatsgar for a badge in Google, we normally come out near the top of the page. Um, and if you go to match, we open on a match day with a three seven one 7 one Walton Breck Road by the
0: Flatiron Club. Um, so- I think... Are the are the t-shirts, you know the, the, the limited edition legends t-shirts, are they 25 quid the same? Yeah, yeah, yeah right? 25 quid the same. And is yeah. the if postage charge on top of that just for any of the listeners? Yeah, postage is
2: 495. Um, unfortunately, not we decide to keep our cost as you know as cheap as we can, but post office just recently put the prices up again on the on the delivery so it's four ninety five. But if you're in Liverpool and you're ordered, you tend to get it next day. We do a lot of the local deliveries ourselves. Um so a sailor and if you're not in Liverpool, if you're out of town then it's normally everything goes first class Royal Mail. So you normally get it within
0: a day or two. Um, if, if people if people are local and say the ordered your, one of your legends T shirts could he pick it up from the shop even though it's not available in the shop yeah you would
2: oh, have to sure. pay postage yeah you would have to pay the postage when they ordered because unfortunately on our website we can't take it off right. we can't offer it. but what we what we've done in the past is if you've ordered online and you wanted to pick it up if you put a message
0: on the order when you come in the shop we'll refund you the postage oh, right. like the, from the shop that's brilliant. That myth, that's brilliant. So that'll be handy to know for a lot of people, maybe who, who sort of think, well, you know, it's a bit uh, you would know, like one of them, but you know what I mean. If I can call in the shop and pick it up and save yourself a fiver, you know yeah. what I mean. And um, you know what I mean. Yeah. But thats the other
2: thing, the other thing as well as we're on all social media, we're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, it's all hat, at Heartscarf for a badge. Um. And if anyone messages on there, we, we meet people at the shop. Like we've met yourself there midweek, or, you know, and we're always, if you just send us a message, we'll arrange to work a day round you or whatever and meet you. You know, that's not a problem. Yeah. We don't mind doing that.
0: Yeah. Good.
1: Yeah, can I say, we first met years ago on LFC TV on the Armed Cop Talker program. And that's you know nice. what? It's, do you know, It it it's a pleasure to get somebody on and to support our local lad who's 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 doing it. You know what? I think we should. I think as everyone, we should support our local people. You know what? And I go right across the city about that local businesses started by you know like local people to keep them to keep them afloat and to help them at during journey you know like the crisis that's going on. So I hope I hope a lot of people who listen to the pod go down, take the time, and go down and meet yourself and Michelle as two of the most genuine people I've ever met, and I genuinely sincerely mean that. mate. yeah, and I I second
0: that. I'd second that, as I say. The number of times that. I've sort uh, message yeah. me and say, you can you meet me at the shop? You know, he's always got back to me and said, yeah, what time suits you, mate? I can't do this, but I can do that. Can you do that? So he's always very accommodating again. So I totally concur with what with what Tommy said. Uh, you know, Nick and Michelle, nicest people you could ever wish to meet. So anybody who wants unique, top-quality sheet shirts, Please contact Mich at Scar for a badge or call into his shop. Pete, do you mean,
3: want to last?
1: Keep a Graham soon one. Keep a Graham soon as for God's sake. Yeah. Do you know what, we've got, well, I'm not going to say anything on, on, the, on the podcast. I, I nearly slipped up
0: there. <laughs> we've had <laughs> him on the podcast.
1: Yeah, we've had him on the podcast. And I think, I think if, if, if we get one, we'll send him one.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, that'd that'd be great. You know, if we can get I'm, one soon. You know what? I'll,
1: yeah. I'll, I'll, I promise you, I'll yeah, i
2: get his
0: sign I'll, and we'll send him one. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> I mean, one of them. Mick, mine's an extra large. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a
1: medium. Mick <laughs> I love, I love
0: um,
2: Yeah, no, he's a great player. I, I, one of my favourite players, Yunus.
1: And do you know You love tr- man, as well. Yeah
2: yeah. Absolutely. But um, No uh, Like Thanks for your nice comments There But That's what we love About You know People who come in the shop And that It's like You know yourselves Going to match It's like a little I know I've been going 40 years And you know people Just to give a little nod And, and You don't know the name But you know who they are And And the amount of people Who have backed us And come in the shop And support us It's It's unbelievable and I'd just like to thank everyone for, for the support.
0: We really appreciate it. No worries. And on that note, we'll end the latest edition of the LFC Red Poets podcast. Once again, thanks to Tom and Pete and our special guest, Mick from At Scarf and the Badge. And next time, we'll make sure he's got a load of 50 <laughs> pences ready in case you can run down. So as I always finish off by saying, um, yeah. you'll never walk alone, don't buy the sun and justice for the ninety-seven. Until next time, see you soon.